for fulfillment. What's that? Food and beverage? Great. Well, if you haven't heard of uh, Orbis before, uh, Orbis is a manufacturer of reusable transit packaging as well as material handling um, products. Uh, my, myself, uh, I'm Mike Ludke, I'm the senior product manager. Uh, I focus primarily on what we refer to as our retail supply chain side of the business. So anything going in from raw materials to, to manufacturing into distribution and e-commerce is kind of the realm of the world that, uh, that I live in. So what we're going to do today, um, there's really two emerging trends that we're seeing uh, within the retail supply chain. We call one of them small format distribution, uh, and the other one is bulk merchandising. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, what we're seeing at Orbis between these two emerging markets, what those, the, re the driving factors of why, um, and starting to get into possible uh, different solutions to be thinking through uh, as you're working through it yourself or you're working with your clients uh, on possible solutions. So where I usually like to start is just a quick definition of what large uh, and small format is so we all have a, a common definition moving forward. Uh, large format is essentially your, your traditional big box, one-stop shop retailer, so that's your Walmarts, your Costcos of the world. That, you know, they really drive themselves on uh, having the vast selection uh, so when you look at their fulfillment process, right, they're doing high pallet loads, full cases, uh, in most cases, and they're shipping that to the store. A lot of foot traffic, uh, a lot of space to handle that volume. Small format on the other end, much smaller in size from a real estate perspective, right? You're looking in the 10 to 25,000 square feet range, uh, and typically specialty, right? It's not your one-stop shop. They'll have a broad range of, of SKUs in certain cases, but you're talking pharmaceutical specialty, grocery, um, discount, and because of that, uh, they're doing a lot more split case um, picking, right? They're, they don't need the volume uh, that a full case uh, certainly would. Um, and convenience is king, right? Not necessarily trying to be the low cost you know, provider, but trying to provide that convenience to, to their end customers. So Walgreens, Starbucks are, again, good examples uh, of what that is. So one of the things I've noticed over the last five years or so um, is there, there's this migration to small format stores, right? Your traditional brick and mortar big box stores, so your Walmarts, your Targets of the world, um, they're shifting a bit and they're creating smaller footprints. Um, in addition to where we're seeing a lot of growth in retailers themselves, uh, you know, those companies that are building a lot more stores, they are usually of that small format nature. Um, why is that? Ultimately, I think the easiest solution to that is you guys in the room, right? You, the consumer. It's your habits that are uh, driving a change within the industry and making that happen. So a couple examples up here on the screen for that is the urbanization. So you're not going to be able to see the graphic on there, but I think in North America, it says roughly 60% uh, of our population lives in a megacity today. By 2050, the estimates are that's going to grow to over 85%. We're just constantly growing there. What are, what's a restriction on urbanization and city living? There's just not a whole lot of real estate uh, there to put in a 100,000 square foot store. Convenience is king. We want our products fast, easy, and free. We want the widest range of selection, and we don't want to wait for the, the days of uh, order 
today, get it in a week, or are gone, right? We want same-day delivery. If not same-day delivery, we want it in an hour or two. So things that that's driving, urbanization, limited real estate. If the real estate's there, it's really expensive. Uh, but then the other trends of we want fast, we want broad, we want now, it's really growing the e-commerce uh, footprint within the retailers as well. Right? So 10 years ago, wasn't uncommon for retailers to have a, a small toe in the e-commerce landscape. Maybe 1% of their business was there. What you're seeing now today, upwards of 30% of some of the top retailer sales are in e-commerce. So if they're doing more in e-commerce, they need less of a footprint um, within the brick and mortar space. So why, why, have a, uh, why pay the extra real estate for something big if you don't need to support it? Other sides is really looking at just the, the current reality of uh, the situation we're in from a, from a cost standpoint, so labor uh, and transportation. So just some high level numbers here around where we're going as a society. There's going to be a supply, there, there's a supply and demand issue uh, with labor right now we're seeing it. So by 2030 with the aging population, we're expected to see the labor pool shrink you know, almost another 6%. So labor pool is shrinking, cost is going up, right? So you've probably all heard about the minimum wage increases that are looking different stateside uh, through the US. So actually 24 of them uh, are uh, suggesting an increase in minimum wage yet this year. So we're talking uh, about those costs going up as well. And then you look at the intermodal transportation side of it, the last two and a half years have been really rocky with where those costs have gone, right? I think that spooked uh, a lot of companies out there that said, hey, we, we might have gotten over it now coming into 2020, but that threat is still out there, um, that those logistics costs could still stay high uh, and be an issue for us in offering a, a competitive price to, a, to their consumers. So how all that ties in uh, to small format. When we're going out there and talking to our customers, these are some of the common things that we hear um, within small format distribution. So whether you're a fulfillment company uh, supplying into uh, a small format store or you're a small format retailer, you're doing your own self-distribution, number one, it's just not sustainable. Whether you're using excessive uh, expendable packaging uh, and wasting that, if, you're, if your truckloads aren't cubed out uh, efficiently, Right, where those trailers then are making extra stops on the road, which is spending additional uh, fuel, which is harming the environment. It's not easy from a labor standpoint. It's not an easy job for an employee. So we're talking about labor shortages, labor uh, costs going up. Uh, retention is a big thing that our customers keep saying. How do I make the job a little bit easier for my delivery drivers so that uh, they can get home an extra couple hours earlier every single night, or they don't want to jump to uh, the competitive company down the road because we're offering them not only a safe uh, but easy working environment. So these are the three main things um, that I look at and said, hey, this would be the holy grail um, right in small format delivery. We can solve for these three main issues we're going to solve a lot of those pain points that uh, we're on the other end of the screen. Right. Uh, so I think the challenge that uh, our industry right now in reusable transit packaging and material handling is facing, um, 
is our common methods, our common sides of packaging and those products don't necessarily mesh, mesh well with the small format world. And it's actually creating a lot of those pain points. So we gotta reinvent the way that we do that uh, and think outside of the box a little bit. The first one is simplifying the delivery. When I look at, um, I think there was one customer we were working with a few years back, that delivery driver, they were using, they were floor loading uh, cases and totes uh, onto their trail, in their trailer. They were using just a standard moving dolly and they were bringing product back and forth into the store. It would take them an hour and a half, 15 trips back and forth to get the product into the store. An hour and a half of that trailer dwelling, an hour and a half of, uh, uh, of that uh, operator uh, having to do you know, manual labor um, to do that, they're looking for a better way. Anything, if we can eliminate all that ex excessive touching and just do singular product movements in and out of the store, it's going to help create efficiencies across the board, right? It's going to free up time uh, for those operators. That goes hand in hand with maximizing trailer cube. Um, so if we can do bulk movements and then also shrink the footprint of, of the products and the platforms uh, that we're looking at, that, sh that shrunken footprint could actually increase cube uh, on our trailers. So if you think about it in, in terms of uh, large format versus small format, we talked a little bit about volume early on, right? For deliveries, case counts are gonna be much larger on large format stores than they are in small format stores. So why are we using a large format traditional style pallet? Let's shrink that solution so we're right sizing the platform to the, to the order size for the cases. In shrinking that pallet, we're also gonna create now more, real, more space on that trailer itself to put more platforms, right? Which means more stores on every trailer. So if we can free up the time and free up the space in that trailer, that driver can be more efficient. Maybe he can get to another four, five, six stops uh, using that existing trailer versus having to go back and do another haul. I think that's what that picture is trying to show uh, on that middle point there. It's a traditional 40 by 48 inch pallet next to a small format, I think it's a 42 by 30 inch pallet. You can see the difference in height um, just based off the same uh, case count. Right? So you're using some of that, the height, the volume height in the trailer. And the last thing is reducing the product touches. So imagine a world where a single touch um, at the pick process, so case goes on the platform, platform goes on trailer, single movement each way, arrive at your final destination, single platform movement into the back room, single platform movement to the point of sale, ultimately to merchandising, right? That's kind of that flow of that supply chain, that value chain, right? Every time, every, within that value chain, every time you're doing an, excess, uh, an additional product touch to that case, you're driving up the cost of that. So let's just do a singular movement uh, all the way through if we can. So these are, the, I said earlier, we gotta rethink the reusable transit packaging uh, solutions that are out there and the material handling solutions. This is the way that Orbis kind of frames it up uh, when we're working with our customers. We're creating categories, we're creating a spectrum of different solutions because I think we, we understand that net, not every one size fits all. Right? Customer A might have the same core small format delivery issues, 
but their operation is slightly unique, which may drive them, drive them to a, a different uh, type of solution. So we never want to offer a singular suite. We want to have a product breadth and work with the customers to identify what the right solution is for, for their application. So these are what they are, kind of the categories. So small format pallets, I, I, I touched on that a little bit earlier. Uh, the rest of them are all actually mobile-based. So I think we see a huge growth um, in the use of wheels uh, in a world of mobility. So again, anytime you can eliminate the material handling equipment, so your pallet jack, your fork truck, you can eliminate those movements. It's a safer environment in the warehouse. But then also it's really easy uh, at the end customer destination where they don't have a lot of that heavy equipment. So I think they prefer wheels and mobility uh, at the final end of the supply chain. So we have handheld dollies, delivery carts, mobile pallets, which is a little best of both worlds, uh, and then bulk merchandising. So what I'm gonna do now, uh, not gonna try to inebriate you guys with a high level of detail, but I wanna point out just a couple bullet points on each solution, right, so you can start thinking through the differences of where they could add value in a, uh, within different uh, operations and applications. So small format pallets, where these work really well is where you're doing a lot of uh, mixed, mixed loads, right? So if you're doing uh, a lot of cases, but you're also doing uh, brake pack and split case, so you're using a combination of totes uh, and cases, this is great because it's a, it's a larger, uh, it's a still larger footprint from a size, so there's more real estate to put uh, miscellaneous goods on there. It's got that solid deck. And it's really good for space savings. So when you look at uh, this style pallet, you'll see it's got the voids in the top deck. We would refer to that as a nestable style pallet, meaning when it's not in use, when it's empty, you can actually take another pallet, stack it on top, and it's going to recess. You're going to get a, re uh, a nice return ratio, so you're going to get somewhere around three to one uh, savings. So when you're in the warehouse environment in the retail back room, if you're doing return shipments, that return ratio is really cost effective. Handheld dollies make a lot of sense if you're, look, if you're not in a mixed load situation and you're using a singular handheld. Where we can design uh, dollies around your specific, um, whether it's a plastic or a corrugate tote, right? If you, if you're standardized on a singular size, this makes a lot of sense. You can, you can uh, dial in the containment so it's really uh, safe and stable. You don't need any material handling equipment. Again, it's mobility. The biggest trade-off when you start moving to uh, the mobile solutions is you got to think about the logistics end of it. So when the product's actually in the trailer, how is it getting restrained down so that it's actually safe for transport? Or do we have to think about how to, do we have to use tow bars or ratchet straps a little bit to tie down that load, uh, whereas in a traditional pallet, you wouldn't necessarily have to, to take that extra measure. But again, once it arrives at your final destination, no material handling equipment needed, small format, so if there's no trailer dock, you can go right in the front uh, or rear door, uh, really easy, really seamless. Delivery carts is that third uh, product category. Uh, mobile again, this is probably closest to that small format pallet where it's again a little bit larger in size. Um, so better used for mixed loads. So if you want that mobility feature, but you're not standardized on a singular tote and you're, you're doing full case and, and split case, delivery carts are usually a great option you know, for that. Um, 
Other neat thing with delivery carts that you get, uh, especially if you're uh, a fulfillment company making a lot of stops to different stores, and it may be their different customers, carts give you the flexibility to add in potentially shelves as well. So now you can section off, uh, you can do your almost your batch picking, right? So you have customer A at the bottom, maybe customer B is at the middle. So now if, if you're getting your sequence of deliveries and you pull up to customer B and they're at the bottom level, you don't have to downstack everything that's on top of it. You can just go on the shelf and go in and out. Mobile pallets are really unique. Uh, these are probably up and coming. I'd say in the last 10 years, uh, they're starting to, to make traction. Essentially what this is, uh, it is a dolly and that it's got four wheels on it. So you have that mobility feature, but there's actually a, uh, a lifting mechanism uh, that's integrated into the unit. So there's a pedal in some way, shape or form on the front end side. So if you compress that with your foot, uh, you can go from mobile to static uh, really seamlessly, right? So the whole idea, I think, with this type of product is if end, if end customer doesn't have material handling equipment at, at their site or at their store and they want to use the wheels and mobility, they have that functionality here. Upstream on the, on the distribution side and logistics side where they're more used to material handling equipment, it's fully compatible with that. So you just, so in the warehouses, in the DC, on the trailer, you use it in pallet form. Once you get to your final destination, you compress the pedal, now you have instant mobility, and you can get product to the back room at the point of sale, and ultimately an aisle. This, this a bit solves for that, uh, that issue with the dolly, right, where there's no, you, there's issues in the, uh, for the transportation and strapping. This feature allows you to kind of eliminate that, so it's just kind of the next um, wave of evolution. The last one is we're calling bulk merchandising. So I get I said earlier on we're talking about two trends, small format and bulk merchandising. So I'm going to go in a little bit more detail just on what bulk merchandising is, because uh, I think it's really unique and this is that holy grail. So the whole concept of this is everything we just talked about by uh, reducing product touches, right? Trying to do a single touch at at loadout through transportation at delivery. This takes it one step further and and puts it into the point of sale, right? So now it's retail ready. So you as a consumer would actually go in when you're shopping at a store, you would shop directly out of, uh, out of this packaging. So what that means for your delivery um, operators or your store operators is they never have to touch it, right? So they don't have to take the product from the back room and put it onto the, bring it to the point of sale and put it on the shelf one at a time. They just wheel this right in and they're done. The consumer deals with it. So again, definition, uh, bulk merchandising. Has, actually, quick question. Has anyone heard this term before, bulk merchandising? Awesome. So you'll know what the definition is then, but really high level. Packaging of high volume product so that it's delivered to a retailer and packaging optimized for efficient stocking and sale. So here's examples of kind of what we're seeing in use today. Very common in Europe, probably the last 20 years, this is where the, this kind of the this conception or the ideation uh, created. We're starting to see it move to North America, Canada, down into the United States. So this is actually sugar 
You've got all your carbonated beverage, so this is Coca-Cola. Uh, bag produce, so your sacks of onions, your sacks of potatoes, um, that type of thing. And then baked goods. So getting started with bulk merchandising, um, it's not, it doesn't make sense for every product, right? So when we're looking at this, uh, again, we're trying to drive efficiencies. Um, so when you're trying to identify if a product category makes sense, you really want to start looking at those high volume movers. So I think that's the commonality you saw within all these slides. In most cases, if you're going grocery shopping on a, on a weekly basis, most of these items are going to be on your weekly on your weekly list, right? They move really fast, right? So you're talking, um, you know, your milks, your your bread, uh, your carbonated beverage, um, those staple goods. Limited SKUs is a big one as well. Um, so just because it works for carbonated beverage, it might not work for your your diet, caffeine free. Coca-Cola, right, where they just have a couple cases on the floor, you really need to have some scale and some volume on it as well, right? So a great example, I think, some of these is uh, is milk, right? In most cases, you got your whole milk, your 2%, uh, and your skim milk. Those are three SKUs. Everyone has their preference of what they do. It's, on, it's a staple good. It's on everyone's shopping list. So limited SKU, high volume good. So it's a great candidate for uh, for bulk merchandising. Time-consuming and high shrink rate for those other things. Uh, one common good, actually, that's out there is pet food. So think about pet food. They come in big 50-pound sacks. It's one of the highest damage rate or shrink rate uh, items uh, in distribution because it's that, that cheap film bag. It's easily cut on the corner with a forklift coming around or on a pallet. Um, so the more, the more you touch it, the higher the opportunity that's actually going to shrink and, and damage. And it's, and it's 50 pounds, and it's also big and bulky, right? So from a time perspective, or think store operations, they don't want their store uh, associates lifting 50-pound sacks of, of pet food. So that's something that makes a lot of sense, too. Send it in in bulk, limited SKUs, just wheel it right into the point of sale and have the consumer kind of shop off of it. I think what we're finding in most cases is um, the biggest value proposition to this is the store operation side. So it is the savings on the store labor. It's becoming increasingly important uh, for them to conserve and get the savings in this area because of the labor shortage, because of the minimum wage increases of labor costs, but also because of e-commerce. So I'm sure you've all seen uh, by now the buy online, pick up in store, the click and collect kind of model, where you're, they're creating mini fulfillment centers within their local uh, supermarkets. That creates, that's a new operation within their facility that needs uh, its own dedicated staff to do that. They need to free up labor on one side so that they can support the other, right? So these are some of the reasons why uh, it's gaining popular and the retailers are looking at it. It's because of that that they're pulling it from the manufacturers and the suppliers. So if you work with uh, a manufacturer, food manufacturer, CPG company, if that term bulk merchandising hasn't happened yet, hasn't been coined within them yet, it's going to be coming soon because the retailers are pulling their supplier network to, to actually do it. Can't emphasize enough, uh, 
partner with the subject matter experts. The unique thing about this and what makes it so difficult is that it's touching the holistic supply chain. So if you actually do it right and minimize the touches across that value chain, you have your manufacturer, you have your distribution network, you have your transportation team, you have store operations, and you have merchandising across multiple companies. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of silos, traditional silos in there. That's a lot of people stirring the pot. It can be difficult to get buy-in in there. Make sure that you have representation kind of within every node uh, of that because if you don't, you're gonna run into situations later down the road where you need transportation buy-in and if they're not a part of that team and bought in, they can shut it down, right? So it's a holistic look at uh, holistic savings. Quick example, uh, just on category success. Uh, so we launched this product uh, a year ago, so it's for uh, fluid milk, so one gallon bottles. Um, we can see this now at, at Andy Aldi location uh, across the nation. Uh, so their main thing, they were already using a mobile uh, product in the cart. They were looking to streamline operations uh, even further beyond that. Right? Create labor savings, get product into the, into the store and on the shelf quicker so that they didn't have stockouts better utilize their shelf. Um, so we were able to, to figure out a way to compact, uh, to get them the same product, but make it in a compact footprint. So it created, up, it created additional merchandising space uh, within, their, uh, within their cooler in this case. So they were able to add another 10 SKUs uh, to their product portfolio without eliminating anything. Creates backroom storage. So again, the return ratios are are huge, you can get a five to one over everything else. So as, as stores get smaller and smaller, the back rooms get squeezed as well, so this has always been an issue. So now they can keep the packaging in the, uh, still in the back room, not put it outside where it can get uh, uh, thrown away with theft. And looking for trailer utilization. Right? Going smaller creates more, takes, uh, going smaller allows you to take advantage of the vertical space within the trailer, creates more uh, footprints uh, within that, on that trailer, so if, you're, if that driver has an efficient delivery, they can make more stops along the way. That's all I had today. Again, want to just give a brief introduction of um, small format distribution and bulk merchandising, kind of through Orbis's eyes, uh, and some of the things that we're doing uh, to try to get ahead of it.